Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. This is part two of our Movies and Maintenance episode. If you want to check out the films we reviewed in the first part, listen to episode 81. And now on to the show. So that brings us to the third film that we picked. On this one, we found an example of uh, maintenance where it's kind of totally gone off the rails. This movie is called Brazil. It's the 1985 Orwellian fantasy directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame. The movie basically stars a clerical worker who's kind of the everyman hero. He's um, uh, trying to do the right thing. Um, and during the process, his air conditioning breaks down. But what's unique about it is that the air conditioning is all controlled through the government and through a central services department that is the maintenance department. And there's the scene we're going to play is interesting because it stars one, it stars Robert De Niro, one of my favorite actors ever, uh, playing a renegade heating engineer coming to fix Jonathan Price's air conditioning. Heating engineer at your service. Tuttle. Are you from Central Services? Uh-huh. I call Central Services. Well, they're a little overworked these days. Luckily, I intercepted your call. Now, there are plenty of people in central services who'd love to get their hands on Harry Tuttle. <laughs> are you telling me that this is illegal? Well, yes and no. Officially, only central service is supposed to touch the stuff. Would you hold this, please? But nowadays, with all the new rules and regulations, they can't get decent staff anymore. So they tend to turn a blind eye as long as I'm careful. Mind you, sort of they can prove that I've been working on their equipment. That's a type of But wouldn't it be simpler just to, you know, work with the Sorry, yes. I was saying, wouldn't it be simpler to work with central services? Ah, that couldn't stand the paper. It's getting warm. You couldn't stand the what? Paperwork. Couldn't stand the paperwork. Listen, this whole system of yours could be on fire, and I couldn't even turn on a kitchen tap without filling out a 27 B stroke 6. Bloody paperwork. <laughs> I suppose one has to expect a certain amount. Why? I came into this game for the action, the excitement. Go anywhere, travel light, get in, get out, wherever there's trouble, a man alone. Now they got the whole country sectioned off. You can't make a move without a form. Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. 1985, I was um, younger at the time and uh, hadn't seen it in many, many years. And that is a Brazil is just a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. But um, so I was going to say, Paul, do you have your twenty-seven B stroke six form ready? <laughs> ready for today? No, I was going to. I was going to say I'm with you as far as uh, I think this is, is such a great film. And um, you know, when we first started talking about doing the movies, that this was the scene that popped into my head because uh, it it does. You know, it it uses the maintenance similar to. Uh, Big Brother in, in, in 1984, where this is this is how they're going to control you. 
Um, you know, Gilliam takes more of a humorous approach on it. Like, you know, instead of through art or music or, or press, we're going to do it through your heating and cooling. Yeah, you know, it's um, first off to have Robert De Niro as an actor in a Monty Python oriented type crew too. He does a fantastic job. It, it, it also reminds me that that twenty six seven B slash whatever form. It also reminds me of Office Space with the TPS, and and that's mm-hmm. that's almost like a common phrase when you're when you're asked to do too much paperwork. Uh, what do you? Why do you have me doing TPS forms? And so it, it's the same kind of concept, but. That movie and, and the concept of maintenance is so uh, central to that theme. There's so many great messages. And it's not likely most people have, uh, remember that scene. I strongly recommend watching that movie. But some of the, some of the uh, wisdom I see from that particular scene is correlation to modern-day IoT, uh, the concept of assets alerting you when there are problems um, will change the way you no longer have to make phone calls when you have problems. Uh, in this case, Tuttle intercepts a phone call that the person made um, about the, the problem with their cooling and, and, and the room is so hot and he intercepted it. But really, that's what a lot of these IoT concepts are, are these sensors on these assets that are going to catch these problems. Because there's no way central services was going to get there that quick to take care of that uh, becoming increasingly hot apartment that that guy is living in it just wasn't going to happen and that's true in today's um modern era if you have problems with your assets you may have to fill out a form it may go somewhere eventually somebody gets requisitioned again it's better than it used to be because at least people are now using emails or using requesting portals and things of that nature but if we can continue to take that to another level where we're catching the problems uh, without human intervention necessarily in, in between there to streamline to get somebody in there fast and quick, to get the right technician fast and quick, streamline the process. And I mean, that's 1985. They're talking about this in the scene, but I think it's absolutely applicable today. And what we're seeing more and more as this whole concept of the Internet of Things and these sensors are alerting us in advance. The other thing that's interesting is um, when you mentioned uh, the, the sensors and notification, it even ties back to the point you made in the Millennium Falcon um, and, and maintenance and, and the alerts um, and different technology that could keep them abreast of what they need to do in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're moving away from a calendar-based preventive maintenance or a, a run-to-fail um, corrective a firefighting mode to a much more proactive, and these technologies are really going to help. Another thing that I think is interesting about this is the concept of paperwork. And everybody jokes about paperwork in movies and, and, and in many cases in real life, but the reality is paperwork is a necessary evil. Paperwork has to happen because it's all part of the accountability. The advantage now is it's all digital. You aren't filling out these forms anymore on paper. Hopefully you're not. And if you are, you really ought to be thinking about a CMS system that can help digitize that process because it is so much quicker. It is so much more streamlined. There's so much better uh, from accountability and a research standpoint. Um, But you just have to have an optimized digital process around it. Paperwork should not control the process. And that's that's one of the the, the central themes to that scene is you can't do anything until you fill out that form. The kitchen, the, the thing could be on fire. I can't even turn on a fire hose until I fill out a form. You don't let the paperwork drive the process. 
You need good processes to solve your problems. The paperwork comes as a byproduct of that. And in maintenance, and especially with a good CMMS system, that's going to take care of itself, where that paperwork is no longer considered a chore. I also love the fact <laughs> that Tuttle, uh, Robert De Niro, um, who's sort of an anti-hero in this movie, he's got the right tools, he's got the right parts, he's, he's a hero. And, and I love people looking at maintenance departments as heroes. I've had a lifelong mission, professional mission of mine, to change people's attitudes around maintenance as being those people that kind of scurry up from their office in the basement, fix the broken things. Everybody's mad at them because uh, production is down, but it's not the maintenance person's fault necessarily. They're just the person who's got to get it better, uh, fix the situation. Well, maintenance people, that's what they are. They're heroes. They come, they have to save the day when, when, when the, it hits the fan, but they are heroes. And I think Tuttle in this case really is. Yeah. It's, and, uh, you know, I kind of wonder if the director kind of thought of that, like maybe seeing that in the back of his head, like, you know, I can, I can take everyday characters and make them the hero because people wouldn't expect that in traditional films. And of course we all know that, that, uh, Terry Gilliam does not make traditional films, but at the same time he does, um, in, in these kind of creative fantasies he creates, he does have a lot of it rooted in reality and what he's seeing. And then he kind of takes it to a different level. Um, I agree with you. I think this is probably one of my favorite characters in film. Just be, and it's and it's such a small part. It's literally that scene, but but he comes in and does kind of just summarize it so well and provide this um, a bit of a comic relief, but with a serious overtone. Yeah, it's great bringing that movie back in my life. I hadn't probably watched it in <laughs> twenty plus years. So great movie. <laughs> uh, and I also want to let everyone know that we'll share links out to the scenes that uh, we have. This does bring us to our final movie that we looked at. Uh, and it's actually, uh, so we picked a, a specific film, but this film actually had three sequels. So it's the Airport series. It started with the original movie, Airport, in 1970. It was uh, during the time where you had the big disaster films, like The Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, and I believe they just remade The Towering Inferno uh, recently. Poseidon's been redone. I don't think they've done any of the airport movies, but... Anyway, uh, Airport 1970 followed by Airport 75, Airport 77, and Airport 79. I have to admit, I loved all these films and went and saw the movies as a kid just because I was a big disaster movie fan. But uh, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, the plots are all very similar in that the, the airplane is damaged. In the case of Airport 70, it's damaged because of someone who has uh, sabotaged the flight by taking a bomb on board. But where the maintenance character really comes in is through the character Joe Petroni, who's played by George Kennedy, uh, who is the only person that is in all four of the airport movies. And there's a reason why, because he's the guy that's the mechanic that understands um, how the planes are made. And eventually he, he rises up to like VP of operation. And the clip we're going to play right here, he does a great job of kind of uh, sharing you know what he knows and, and, and how he came to know it
shit in doubt, Andy. I told you I wanted all the power you got. Well, throttle is plenty to be standing on his nose. You might fly these things, but I take them apart and put them back together again. If you had any guts, we'd be on the runway by now. You felt it vibrating, and I'm at ten seconds we'd have had structural damage. Who do you think you're talking to? Some kid that fixes bicycles? I know every inch of the 707. Take the wings off this, and you could use it as a tank. This plane is built to withstand anything, except a bad pilot. <laughs> Such a great line. And just to give um, our listeners a little bit more context, uh, what they're trying to do is to move a 707, which at that time was the largest uh, jumbo jet, out of the way on a very snow-packed runway. And the pilot uh, is will not give it full throttle. And uh, Petroni's telling him, like, you know, give it full throttle. I know how this thing's built. I know what it can withstand. When you were first bringing this one up, Brian, as a suggestion, I had the, the, the miscalculation of thinking of the movie Airplane versus Airport. <laughs> and watching that scene, was it Leslie Nielsen? Is that the guy? I, I was just yes. waiting for the, for the comedy to kick in, and it doesn't come. And I had forgotten that that movie is a disaster flick. Well, and the, and the um, beauty of Airplane is they even spoof Kennedy's character with Chuck <laughs> Connors. And I think every time he says something, it's about how uh, he's, he's not getting what he needs and, and he's the guy holding him all together. So that, again, they even, they, they, they kind of realize what a central character he was in all those films so that even in the spoof, I feel like they kind of, they did him justice. Well, I love the fact that you got a maintenance person who's the only one in all four of the airport <laughs> series, which is awesome. I, know I, I, that's probably a record that will never be broken that that's the central character. But you know, you watch that scene and you think about most organizations have a Patroni. Um, they, they have that maintenance person that knows every asset. They know it inside and out. And you really think of the value of those veteran people. Unfortunately, you know, you hear a lot about the aging workforce. Recent surveys we've done of our clients, it's still a pretty serious issue. And I'm guessing many of the listeners have the same situation where you've got people that are older getting ready for retirement age that know every inch of these assets can take them apart and put them back together. They're great to have, but you got to capture that knowledge. They know the assets better than anybody. A good CMS system is going to get you the, the features that you need to capture that information, uh, videos of how to perform tasks that are routine for the veteran, but will be daunting for a new technician, especially after the, after those people retire and move on. Uh, but building out good preventive maintenance procedures uh, and so forth, understanding the limits of these assets, how hard can you push them? Obviously, in this case here, Petroni knew a lot more than the captain of the plane did, but it, it's pretty cool when they do that. Um, I also love how you have production people, maintenance people get together to solve problems. I mean, that happens every day in the manufacturing environment. In this case here, you've got the pilot, you've got the, the pilots, and you've got the maintenance director. You even got some people from management all in that cockpit dealing with the situation. I love it when maintenance people get included in solving problems. Uh, maybe it's a situation that you're trying to get out of. Um, maybe it's improving a production situation, but they know these assets so well. You bring in these multiple silos. CMMS can really help with that. 
It can bring in your safety people. It can bring in your production people. It can bring in your maintenance, your engineering teams, because they can all be sort of tied together in the processes to bring those people and resources together. It's a great management tool for that type of stuff. You know, and that's, they show that also um, in other scenes of the movie where uh, Petroni's in there and it's, and it's the execs, you know, in the, in the operation execs trying to, you know, kind of, how do we deal with this disaster? But he's always in the room because they know they need, they need that guy that's really taken this thing apart and put it back together and knows all the ins and outs to kind of verify and, and uh, make sure the decision they make is, is going to be the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to thank Paul for uh, joining me and helping me pick out these films. We had a lot of fun. If you know of some movies that you like and that you think uh, there's a great maintenance or operations tail end there, drop us a note or leave us a comment and let us know what it is. We'll be more than happy to take a look at it and possibly do another episode where we could uh, review uh, uh, movies and maintenance and some of the lessons learned. Yeah, it's not your everyday uh, podcast and presentation, but this was fun. And, and there is so much correlation and so much wisdom we can use from these things. So, yeah, a whole lot of fun. So, again, thanks, Paul, and thanks for listening. We will share out the movie clips in the show notes. And until next time, I'm Brian McDonald at Dude Solutions. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com.